This is episode 116, Trapped in a Dead-End Job as a Single Mom with Shauna. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I hope that all of you here in the States that celebrated Thanksgiving had a beautiful holiday and really had the opportunity to focus on gratitude and love and connection and your family and your soul family and not just the food. I have to say I had just such an amazing time with my family. My highlight, I was there were so many highlights, but a couple of the highlights were my three-year-old nephew coming up to me on Thanksgiving day and saying to me, auntie, will you come snuggle on the couch with me? Oh my gosh. It just like broke my heart wide open. And he let me snuggle with him for a good like 20 minutes, which is a long time for a three-year-old. And if I had been trying to craft the perfect Thanksgiving holiday and consume with cooking everything and decorating my table and all that stuff that is nice, but in a lot of ways, doesn't really matter as much as our connection and quality time. I would have missed that opportunity. If I was committed to eating at a certain time and making sure everything was perfect, I would have missed watching the sunset that night with my seven-year-old nephew and having a great chat with him out on my deck chair. It's just him and I. And so I just encourage all of you to really look at what you're giving your attention and what may be your paying too much attention to. Sometimes we pay too much attention to the things that don't matter and miss out on the quality time with the people that do matter. Sometimes we're spending way too much time on filtering a picture on Instagram instead of sitting in meditation or way too much time out shopping when we could be having a phone call with a friend we haven't talked to in a while. So don't make Thanksgiving the only time that you really focus on gratitude and connection. Make it a daily practice and look at the ways you may be distracting yourself or busying yourself or trying to be perfect or get things just so and missing out on some quality time with others or with yourself. So speaking of quality time with others and yourself, my signature retreat is coming up in March and it's filling up quickly. We're already half full. You may have heard me mention this is the last year I will be teaching this retreat exclusively. I'm training other facilitators to take over this retreat. This is an epic retreat. It's a Friday through Sunday, but honestly, I, I fit in um, like a year's worth of personal growth into a weekend. People leave looking physically different. It is a life-changing retreat. It's based on the work that really has changed my life the most. So you don't want to miss out on this. Email jill at christinehassler.com or check out the link in the show notes. And that link is christinehassler.com slash spring dash retreat. Again, email jill at christinehassler.com to apply or for more info, or just go to christinehassler.com slash spring dash retreat. I have a really great call for you today. 
It's with a single mom who's stuck in a job that she doesn't like, but I think anyone really will relate to this call, whether you're a single mom or not, or whether you're stuck in a dead end job or not, because a lot of what I coach her on has to do with that crossroad. So many of us come to where we have to make a really, really conscious choice to change. We have to stop making excuse after excuse after excuse and blaming our external circumstances and make a conscious and courageous choice to take different action. It is not easy because oftentimes what we don't like is our comfort zone and the excuses, well, they come in handy. But if you want things to change, you must change. And you can either consciously choose it or things can kind of stay the way they are, keep getting worse, or you can wait for some big expectation hangover to come and whop you on the head and change things for you. So my advice is consciously choose to change. And speaking of changing, does your wardrobe really need a change? Do you go into your closet to get ready for work or for date or to go out and oh, you're just so sick of everything? Well, I can relate. I've had those moments in my closet, but I don't have them very much anymore thanks to Stitch Fix. I love Stitch Fix. Whether you're looking to express your personal style, dress for the job or the date you want, or just try something new and actually walk into your closet and have things that you like, Stitch Fix can style you on your time. You don't even have to leave the house. That's what I love about it. I love leaving the house, but I'm not a big shopper. You just go to stitchfix.com and fill out your online profile and they will send you clothes, shoes, and accessories just for you. Your size, your lifestyle, your budget, and of course, what you like. Each box that comes contains five items you can try in at home so you can see what works with your wardrobe and you only pay for the items you keep and sending them back is super easy. Stitch Fix covers shipping both ways for returns and exchanges. And there is no subscription required. You can get your fix monthly, quarterly, or whenever you feel like it. So get started now at stitchfix.com slash over it. And you'll also get 25% off when you keep all five items in your box. Again, that's stitchfix.com slash over it to try Stitch Fix today. All right. So as you're listening to this call with Shauna, consider, do you feel really, really stuck? like in a job or a relationship and you feel like you just can't get out of it because it would just be too hard? Do you feel over-responsible in your life? Like you have so many responsibilities and so much pressure to pay the bills and raise your kids and keep up with everything. But when it comes to responsibility, your ability to respond to situations that are challenging, is that an area that could use some growth? Next, are you really free? Are you locked in your own self-imposed prison because you don't think you have any choices? And finally, do you procrastinate making a choice or making a change until you're forced to do so? And can you see that there's room for improvement in consciously choosing change and growth versus being forced to do it? So keep all those questions in mind as we listen to my coaching call. Shanna, welcome to the show. What's your question? Um, I was just wondering, I've been at my job for almost 11 years and um, it's, I don't know, I'm a single mom and I've been raising my daughter by myself since she was born and the job has great benefits. Um, I don't get many hours, um, but I'm not content there. It's actually been a really toxic environment for me. And I 
I don't know, I've been wanting to leave for the last few years, even though I probably should have left years before that, but I'm having a really hard time doing that. Every time I think I'm ready, I get scared and I end up staying. So I'm just looking mm-hmm. for some clarity around that. When you get scared, what what do you get scared of? Like what does what do the fear voices say to you? I feel like I'm not gonna find anything better and I don't know, I guess I I worry about having to rely on other people to help me because I haven't had good experiences with that ever. So let's talk about your daughter's father. Tell me what happened with him. Him and I met when I was uh, I think I was twenty two and I got pregnant pretty early on and he moved away when he found out. So I been taken care of her on my own and he actually ended up going to prison a few years ago for about I heard it's about like 15 years or something so I haven't had any financial help from him either mm-hmm. so he, he just hasn't been in the picture at all okay okay and what do you think when when that happened when you got pregnant when you first found out you were pregnant what was the first feeling you had about being pregnant do you remember I was shocked and I don't know. I, I think there was maybe a little bit of excitement in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I told him, he he's six years older than me. He told me that I was irresponsible for getting pregnant and basically asked me what I, what I wanted to do about the situation. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Okay. So then what happened? I decided that I would just raise her on my own. Mm-hmm. And he kind of kept in contact for the first year and a half, but he didn't live in the same town. So, And then he got, I think, a new girlfriend, and then I just never heard from him again after that. Okay. And what beliefs do you think you formed about yourself, about life, about the way things work for you based on this experience? That I have to do everything on my own and I can't trust people. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I guess feeling worthy of getting help. That's one I struggle with a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, when someone tells you that you're not responsible and it's your fault, then I can imagine why feeling unworthy would would make sense. Yeah. Feeling unworthy of help. Because you yeah. were you were told that when you were young. You were told that when you were hormonal. And so it's easy for all those things to go in as truth. But I want to point something out to you. You said that when you first found out, you were actually excited. Go back to that feeling of feeling excited about being pregnant, about knowing you were going to be a mom. Tell me more about that. I I don't know. I just had this idea then that her and I were going to be buddies and I don't know. I just thought it was going to be fun and <laughs> I guess my experience hasn't been the same as a lot of my friends where parenting has just been insanely stressful for me. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest thing I've ever done doing it mm-hmm. on my own. Mm-hmm. 
but mm-hmm. she's 11 now, so it's getting a little bit easier and starting to become a little more enjoyable. But. And what's been stressful about it for you? Just the lack of support and just being exhausted, trying to meet her needs and trying to be the provider for mm-hmm. the family and not ever having any time for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you see how both the baby daddy and you are in prison? Do you see how you've put yourself in a prison? Oh, yes, definitely. How have you I've done been, that? I, I just haven't allowed myself to have a life outside of right. being a parent and working. Right. And you've been punishing yourself. So you mentioned that there was a little bit of an excitement when you found out you were pregnant. Was there any shame? Um, yeah. Tell me about that. I guess I just, I felt shameful the whole time because single moms aren't viewed very positively. Mm -hmm. And just the fact that I haven't found anybody, you know, worthwhile of like settling down with since I've had her just doesn't make me feel very good about myself. Right. Well, if you didn't feel very good about yourself from the beginning, it's hard to attract someone that's going to feel good about you. Yeah. I I usually attract guys that want me to take care of them also. So I'm still just taking care of everybody. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not surprised because this is the persona you went into. See, whenever we feel like we've done something wrong, whenever we feel like we are ashamed in some way, we overcompensate, we overdevelop in another area. And then we also punish ourselves. Yeah, I've definitely been doing that. Yeah. So I think that, and you tell me if this resonates with you, and not only do you have this kind of punishment thing going on, but there's also sort of been a, well, I'm just going to prove it. I'm going to prove that I can do it all on my own. And I don't need anybody. Because to have the father of your child abandon you both in the way that he did, I can imagine that it's a little bit harder to trust people, particularly men. Yeah. My my job is also, I work with like 95% men, mm-hmm. so it's been very traumatic Yeah, for me. Yeah. What's been traumatic about it? Just how I've been treated as a female. Like mm-hmm. I was, you know, young when I started and just was treated differently. Um, I actually ended up dating someone from work for about three years and it was very emotional and verbal, verbally abusive relationship. And that kind of spilled over into work and other people getting involved and it, it, it got really bad. Mm-hmm. So, do you think all of that is random? Um, or do you think you're attracting no. what you believe? I I definitely think I'm attracting it. I've been that's kind of what I've been upset about the last few days because I I've been trying to meditate and you know about the kind of life that I want to live, but it's hard to accept that I I've been attracting this into my life, like this much pain into my life. I understand. I hear that, but this is really good news 
Because when we realize we're the common denominator and what we create that we don't want, we have just as much power, in fact, more to create what we do want. When we realize that we're not a victim of our circumstances and that we've sort of set things up, we can go, oh, wow, and beat the crap out of ourselves and feel terrible like you are right now. Or we can go, oh, wow, wow, like this was all me. So if I have this much power this way, I have just as much power the other way. And that's what it's really important that you realize. Yeah, I'm I'm having a hard time with that because I've been I've been trying to change what I'm attracting, but it's still I'm I'm still attracting the same things. Like at, at work, the last couple of days, I've just they've been giving me a hard time, and I, I just feel like, and people even tell me they're like, I don't know why people give you so much crap at work, but it just I feel like I'm the scapegoat there and. I do. I don't know. Outer experience is a reflection of inner reality. I would guess you're brutally hard on yourself. Yeah, I definitely am. Yeah. And I think they they kind of take advantage of that because they know that I want to be, I've always, I've been extremely responsible the whole 11 years I've been there. And if I have a down day, like they're on me immediately. Right. You allow it. Yeah. Before you got pregnant at 22, what were you like? What were you like before you met the man that was her biological father? I was, it's kind of funny because I I considered myself irresponsible. Like I was very wild, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So once I hit, once I got, I was very responsible in school. And then once I got out of school, I didn't really have any direction. So I kind of just went wild there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, but what were you like with yourself? Were you as hard on yourself? What did you think of yourself? What was your confidence like? Um, I, I don't know. I guess I would call myself lazy or just not follow through on things. Mm-hmm. And what was your relationship like with yourself? Not good. I, I, suffered from depression and anxiety for a really long time. So that was probably the main thing then. Great. And how has your daughter been a gift? She has um, made me a lot more responsible. Mm -hmm. I want better for my life because of her. I push myself because of her and I want to be a good role model for her and I choose not to you know settle I mean I've dated some pretty crappy guys but I ultimately have never like completely settled down with them because I just want her to have a good male role model well do you think she has a good female role model right now um kind of (laughs) Like a lot of people tell me that I'm a good role model because I'm strong and, but I, she sees me so upset when I get off of work and this has just been going on for years and I don't want her to think that she has to be stuck in something like I am. Exactly. And you also don't want her to learn to be so hard on herself. Yes. Yeah. That's, I, I don't know. I, I used to, my ego used to like, you know, doing everything and being a single mom that takes care of everything. But now I'm very bitter and resentful about Mm -hmm. it because I'm just exhausted. Right. Right. Okay. 
So you, my love, are at a big crossroads. And I'm so glad that you called in because this is kind of these, these types of situations are where we either keep becoming more of what we don't want and don't like, or we really wake up and become empowered and inspired to change. Not from the place of there's something wrong with me and not from the place of I'm just going to go change my external conditions, but from the inner choice of really, really accepting full responsibility for our life. So you're good at being responsible. You're good at getting the job and paying the bills. But where I think you can lean into being more responsible, and if we break responsibility, Stephen Covey, he's the author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he breaks the word responsibility into responsibility, our ability to choose how we want to respond to any situation. And so right now you can look at your life and you can look at the ways that you've been wronged, look at the ways that you've been a victim, look at the quote unquote mistakes that you've made. Or you can look at the puzzle pieces of your life and God, how has everything that's happened to me so far been for me? And what are the gifts and which direction do I want to choose to go now? Because what's going to be the most important thing for you is an internal shift. And that internal shift is going to be able to, it's going to enable you to change things on the outside. But the problem is you don't believe you can shift internally. You want to, yeah, but you don't believe it because you've let other people's yeah. opinion of you and oh, judgment yeah. of you become your truth. Why are you giving so many people that much power? Why are you giving your power away? Yeah, I definitely let other people mm-hmm. control my life. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like this job is like, I don't even really know who I am anymore. Cause when I, when something happens to me, I, I try and go tell someone higher up and they, they just treat me like I'm a squeaky wheel that needs to be quiet. So I, I, I don't know the job's just a metaphor. what my boundaries are. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Job's just a metaphor for how you listen to yourself. Like you're saying you tell them something, you want something to change. They ignore it. They don't change it. It's the same thing you're doing inside mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. So my recommendation to you is to start really looking for another job. Have you updated your resume? Um, I've been working on that. Actually, three years ago, I went to school for nutritional therapy, and then I'm also doing some uh, additional education on that. So I have extra education, but I just, I I feel like I'm, I'm too good for my job now, but I'm not good enough to pursue what I want to, would rather be doing. <laughs> I'm stuck. Just I've been stuck in this place for a long time. Well, you're making a lot of assumptions without even trying. You're trying to get from step A to Z without going to B. Yeah. See, it's fascinating to me how as human beings, unless we're forced into figuring something out, how much we procrastinate. Yeah, that's definitely. <laughs> you at 22 years old did not know how to be a mom but you figured it out because a baby came outside of you. Like all of a sudden there was a baby there and you had no choice. You couldn't be like, well, I'll just delay this. You couldn't be like, oh, she'll just stay inside me another 12 months until I feel really ready. (laughs) You figured it out, didn't you? Yeah. One step at a time. I kind of know that about myself too. 
because every time I want to quit, I have external people telling me, don't quit. It's a really great job and you have really good benefits. And, but I know I'm not going to make any change unless I have something drastic. When you got pregnant and he left, did people tell you not to have the baby or give it up for adoption? Um, I don't think anybody did. Why do you think they didn't? I'm not sure. Did you want to give the baby up? No. Right. So why do you think you didn't hear that? Because I was sure in my decision. Exactly. The reason you're hearing all this, but you should, you, it's a good benefit and blah, blah, blah. It's just your own fear being reflected back to you. So you've got to get congruent, yeah. just like you knew you wanted your daughter. You have got to want this with every fiber of your being. You've got to want it and believe you can do it. Yeah. Even if there's fear. I'm trying to figure out because where I work, it gets really busy during the holidays. And honestly, I, I don't, I have to work tonight. I don't want to walk in that building another time. Like I, I feel like I'm going to have a mental breakdown, but I don't, I'm not financially set up to where I can do that. How many and months, if I work through, how many months could you go without working? Have you done a budget? I, I couldn't go at all. Like I can't even go one day because I, I only work part-time and it's, it's never been enough to okay. pay gonna, my bills. I'm going to stop you because you're, okay. you've got to stop. I, I use this metaphor a lot. It's like, you've got a, a foot in two canoes and you're like, I can't take another job. I'm going to, I'm going to, I can't take another day. I'm going to have a mental breakdown. And then, but I can't quit because I won't eat. Yeah. So you've got to make some 100% decisions and stop bouncing in between, I can't take another day and I can't quit. Because bouncing between, I can't take another day and I can't quit is getting you absolutely nowhere. And like I said, you're at a crossroads and you need a plan. Yeah. I mean, if I, I can get extra hours if I stick through the holidays and then I can be a little bit more comfortable leaving, but my mental stability is just really messed up. Your mental stability isn't dependent on the job. Your mental stability is dependent on how you relate to the job. Remember responsibility. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to let in what they tell you. You don't have to take things personally. If you know there's a means to an end and you use it as practice to not let your outer experience determine how you feel about yourself inside. If you look at it like a boot camp, like a training platform, you're going to have a different experience mm -hmm. to it, but, but you can't keep doing the, I can't stay, but I can't go thing. Yeah. I've been in that for a long time. That's what's making you crazy. Not the job. Yeah, it is. I've put my two weeks notice in two different times in the last two years. And, and then I scare myself out of it and stay. Mm -hmm. So I've said this before in the podcast. Sometimes we need to fear the long-term consequence more than the short-term pain. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be scary until you find another job, but you will. You'll find another job. But the long-term pain of this, like, do you want another 11 years? No, <laughs> absolutely not. No. Then you need a plan. Work through the holidays. I, I don't know why you're not looking for another job in the meantime. 
I would highly encourage that. You need to get your resume together, start looking for another job. You sitting around and trying to figure this out in your head is doing zero, zilch, nada. Yeah. Action will, a plan will. Taking responsibility, your ability to respond to things in different ways, that will. And you've got to find that part of you, that part of you that figured out how to be a mom. You've kept her alive for 11 years. Good job. Good job. You're way underestimating yourself. Way underestimating yourself. And you need to look at everything that you've been able to do and everything that you've been able to create and be like, wow, wow, I can do this. Look at my track record. I can do this. I've been a mom. I've gotten other degrees. I've made it last this job as long as I've had. I can do this. And I'm going to stop letting other people's opinion of me and feedback of me be my truth. And I'm going to stop letting other people project their fears on me. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know, just being hard on myself and caring what other people think is just so hard for me. So you can let that continue to be your excuse. (laughs) And here's a newsflash. It's hard for everybody. And I mean this with, I mean this with so much compassion, but you're not special in this struggle. (laughs) This is not unique to you. Yeah. Well, I feel like when I look at other people, like they, they do it so much better than me. I'm like, how do they just, have you listened to the show? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We all struggle in our different ways. But eventually we kind of get the the cosmic joke of like, oh, yeah, I'm here to learn through contrast. Oh, yeah, like I do have choice. Oh, yeah, I do create my own reality. Oh, oh, yeah, I I am lovable and worthy and capable just like every other human. Yeah, I think I'm I'm trying to feel that way about myself. And then I, I let the external voices come back in and overpower that. So I'm wanting to figure out how to stop doing that. You're not, sweetheart. I I would love it if the word figured out or try never come out of your mouth again. (laughs) Okay. Because they're getting you nowhere. (laughs) You have got to make different choices and take different actions. And write out, write out in your journal, response dash ability. And remember, I, you said you're good at being responsible. So up-level your responsibility. And know I have the ability to respond to my circumstances in any way I choose. Responsibility isn't just about keeping my daughter alive and paying the bills and all of that thing. I'm also good at mm-hmm. responsibility by having the ability to respond to situations. So I can go into work and people can say what they're going to say. I can do my own thing. I don't have to personalize it. I can sit down and write out a resume. I can start looking for a job. I can start talking to people and asking them if they know of any jobs. I can take responsibility for my life. You chose to have and keep a child at 22 years old. That's probably the hardest you've ever done and will ever have to do in your entire life. And I think what you need to realize that the hardest part of your life is over This doesn't have to be hard. You're making it hard by how you're relating to it. it Then stop making it hard. 
So before we started recording, you said you were nervous. Yeah. Did that eventually go away? Yeah. Why? I don't know, I guess. <sighs> because once we started talking, once it got in motion, you forgot about being nervous. Yeah. And that's what I mean by you taking action. You sit around and ruminate in your head, just like you were ruminating before this call before we started. But once we started talking mm -hmm. and you started sharing, the nervousness went away. It was all the buildup. It wasn't the reality. Has this been that scary? No. Was there really anything to be nervous about? No. <laughs> right. So just notice that sometimes your fear-based predictions of how things are going to go are off. Yeah. Yeah, I've read that five-second rule book by Mel Robbins. Mm -hmm. It's been pretty helpful. So. so you've got a lot of awareness. Now, action. Action. Oh. What are you going to do moving forward? I... Hold on. Are you sitting down? Yeah. Stand up. Wipe your eyes. Stand up. Put your hands on your hips. Okay. And speak from your gut and find that, that powerful place of you, that, that mama bear, that warrior, that person who figured out how to be a parent on her own. Find that strength and tell me what your plan is. Um, I'm going to go to work tonight and work through the holidays so I can have enough financial backing to give me more confidence to leave after the holidays. What else? And I'm just going to go in and do my job and not let other people's opinions dictate how my night goes. Okay. So we're going to have to wrap up, but you're going to need a little more oomph. So what I want you to do after <laughs> we hang up is I want you to write this out. And I want you to use words like, I'm choosing. I am choosing to go into work and work through the holidays to earn money. I am choosing to complete my resume by Monday. I am choosing to start looking for jobs. I'm choosing to spend at least a half an hour a day looking for jobs, talking to people, getting it out there. I'm choosing to ask for some help when I need it. I'm making choices that support my well-being and the well-being of my daughter. Okay. I can do that. Enough thinking, enough analyzing. Now it's time to take action. You know, I was asking you all those questions in the beginning because I wanted to get a picture of what you've been through so far. And I can tell you from what you told me, you are a warrior. You would not have gotten to where you are if you weren't. Mm -hmm. see the truth of that. You are not a weak, little, pathetic woman. You are powerful. Yeah. Find that. It's in you. Stop playing small okay. and stop letting your self-judgment be your scapegoat. It's not other people. They're just reflecting back to your own self-judgment. And that's, yeah, that's keeping definitely. you in prison. Yeah. So you've got the key, the key to unlock, the key to your freedom is you stop the self-judgment and you embrace your power and your strength and you walk out of this jail cell you're in there by choice right now my love yeah <sighs> okay 
So once again, I'm always impressed with the vulnerability and the honesty that comes through with everyone that calls in. And I want to acknowledge her for being a single mom. I cannot even imagine how hard it is for her and all you single moms out there. It's hard for any moms, but doing it on your own, I know is just an extra dose of challenging. So I'm, if you could see me, I'm like bowing down with respect, but at the same time, that can't be an excuse for being locked in your self-imposed prison. So let's break down this call a little bit. You heard in the beginning that I was getting a lot of history from her. I was doing that both because I wanted to know what direction to take her in and I really wanted to help her connect some dots. The biggest thing we uncovered is the beliefs that were really getting in her way. She thinks it's her external conditions. She thinks it's being a single mom, being abandoned by the baby daddy, working in this terrible place where she's harassed and treated poorly. But that's not the problem. The problem is her beliefs that created all of these things. You heard her say that some of her limiting beliefs were, I have to do everything on my own. I can't trust people. I'm not worthy of getting help. I pointed out to her that when she first found out she was pregnant, she was actually excited. And I wanted to take her back to that feeling of really being excited about something and feeling her own power about something. But then what happened was everything that was said to her by the baby daddy and the external judgment that she faced and the shame that she felt about being pregnant and being unmarried and being a single mom and all of that continued to reinforce and perpetuate these beliefs. And because of all those beliefs, she's formed this identity of, I have to do it all on my own because I'm not worthy of getting help. Now she said, I haven't allowed myself to have a life. Well, that's because she's been punishing herself. Shame does that to us, you guys. When we have shame about something, then we overcompensate and that becomes a punishment because anytime we're in overcompensation mode and not allowing ourselves to live the life that we really want and not allowing ourselves to relieve, to receive help, we're in a prison when we're punishing ourselves. Another thing we discussed is that she's the common denominator in all of the situations she doesn't like. And that's a humbling thing to realize and an important thing to realize, but we don't want to blame ourselves. We want to look at that and realize we're at a crossroads. When we realize we're at the common denominator and we're at a crossroads of becoming more of what we don't want, you know, creating more of what we don't want and don't like, or actually realizing, hey, if I can create all the stuff I don't want, then I can create a lot of things that I do want. But a big part of her problem was she didn't believe she can change. And, you know, I didn't say this to her on the call, but I hope she's listening now. She's got to tap into that bigger why. You know, I talked to her a lot about the fact that she is a mom. Like she became a mom at 22. She didn't know how the heck to do that, but she did it. And she's a warrior. And she's got to realize that this kid coming in was a gift. And if she can't you know, muster up enough of her own mojo and her own courage, then do it for your daughter. Let her be the why. Let her be the thing that kind of lights a fire underneath your butt so that you start making different choices and start taking action. You know, I have so much compassion for her situation, but she was also full of excuses. And as we've talked about, procrastinates and procrastinates and stalls and stalls and stalls until she's forced to do something. 
Now she was forced to learn how to become a mom. At, at nine months, she couldn't procrastinate anymore. That baby came out and it was like, boom. So she's got to have that same sense of urgency to this. Otherwise, she's just going to be at this job for 20 more years. So I reflect that back to you and I want you to think about that. How are you stalling? Where are you procrastinating? What is it going to take for you to change? And I want you to think of a time where you didn't have the opportunity to wait. Maybe it was giving birth to a child. Maybe it was all of a sudden you got fired and you had to figure things out. Maybe all of a sudden you got dumped and you had to figure out how to heal your heart. You know, a lot of these things, we just, we can't procrastinate making the changes we need to make because we're forced into it. And toward the end of the call, I started to realize that what she needed most was to take action. I could have gone into a lot of different areas. I could have gone into her relationship with her parents. I could have gone into relationship with the baby daddy herself. I could have done some more emotional processing. However, in a sense, talking about her issues is a comfort zone. And what's really going to help her the most is taking action because sometimes we kind of need to change some of our external conditions to have the confidence and the endurance to change internally and to do that deeper work. You know, if she's day after day going to a job where she's harassed and the life is sucked out of her and she's treated poorly, then doing the deeper work and looking at her core issues, oh my gosh, that's going to feel incredibly daunting. So internally, she needs to make the change of choosing to be a warrior and committing to that why and being like, no, 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 I'm a powerful woman. I can do that. Let that create those external changes of getting out of that job and finding something new. And she can find a job. I know that. And then it would be time to do some of that internal processing. So some takeaways for you, that word responsibility, response, and then ability, break it up. You have the ability to respond to the situations in life as you choose. So how are you choosing to respond to things? Remember, we can't control everything, but we can control and we do have dominion over how we choose to respond. Next, if you're stuck, if you're in a dead-end job, a relationship, a financial situation, what's your why? You've got to find a why to motivate you, to inspire you, to pull you forward and to take action. And again, that procrastination thing, what are you stalling on? What are you just letting yourself be buried by excuses under that you're not making change? Stop procrastinating. Don't wait until you're forced to take actions. And please, finally, please stop trying, trying, trying and attempting to quote unquote, figure things out, make the internal shifts, take the internal action and know it's possible. And before I sign off, I want to tell you about another amazing sponsor that has made my holiday season so much easier. And that is Daily Harvest. So I love Daily Harvest and it was so great when my nephews were here because they loved all the smoothies. So what is Daily Harvest? Well, they send superfood eats straight to your door with your choice of smoothies, activated breakfast bowls, soups, great time of year for that, or nice cream vegan sundaes. Oh, my nephews really like that one. Each single serving cup comes ready to blend or heat. Cups are stored in the freezer, so they're ready to go whenever you are. So easy. Their produce is organic and unrefined and looks as amazing as it tastes. You can actually see all of the ingredients when you open the cup, like the cacao nibs, the mint, the banana, the mango. It's it's like real food. And I'm a big fan of real food. We all should be eating real food and Daily Harvest makes it easy. They freeze all their ingredients at peak freshness, sealing in all their nutritional value. And like I said, 
It's so easy to make. Just add water, or if you're feeling fancy like I often am, you can substitute things like coconut or almond milk, throw it in your blender, voila, it's done. 30 seconds or less. So go to daily-harvest.com and enter the promo code over it to get three items free off your first box. Again, that's promo code over it for three free daily harvest cups at dailyharvest.com. Again, that's promo code over it for three free daily harvest cups at daily-harvest.com. Again, daily-harvest.com. And before I sign off, just another reminder, spring retreat coming up. Don't miss out on being with me the last weekend that I facilitated exclusively, jillatchristinehassler.com. And until next week, I am sending you so much love and many blessings. Bye, everybody. Hey, everybody. It's Heather Dubrow. Come join me for Heather Dubrow's World exclusively on Podcast One. We have so many fun conversations and great guests. Recently, Corinne Olympios from The Bachelor was here. Suzanne Summers, Matt Eisman, Tamara Judge, my buddy, was here. All kinds of really fun. Randy Jackson, Kellen Lutz. I didn't let him bite me. Join me every Friday on Podcast One. The new Podcast One app and subscribe to Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 